You're listening to the Questions Hip Hop Podcast on the Stony Island Audio Network. I'm Sean Kantrowitz, and I welcome you to the first Making Illmatic episode of 2024. Making Illmatic is a thought exercise with my friend and sometimes podcast co-pilot Midas the Beast. We take a hip hop album that's good, but not flawless, and we attempt to trim it down to 10 songs to see if doing so helps or hurts the record. And we're joined this week by Niagara Falls rapper Jamal Gasol. And the album that he chose to put under the blade is DMX's 1998 debut album, It's Dark and Hell is Hot. This is a good one, people. If you like the Questions Hip Hop podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. If you really want to put up your support for the show, join the Questions Patreon, which you can find a link to in this episode's notes. As a Patreon member, you get ad-free episodes earlier than they hit the public feed. You get bonus content that doesn't make it into the episodes, video, photos, essays, and discussions that are exclusive to the Patreon. The Patreon is a great place to be. Patreon.com slash TheQuestionsHipHop. Cool. Let's do this. This is a making Omatic episode of The Questions Hip Hop Podcast. We're doing DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot with special guest Jamal Gasol. Who did it first? Who did it best? Who did it worst? That's the question. Who rapping there? That remix and what happened when? That's the question. And if you ain't know what needs, then my guy's knowing what you need. Some answers to the questions. It's the Questions Hip Hop Trivia Podcast. It's another episode in our Making Illmatic series. I'm your host, Sean Kantrowitz, and joined, as always, is my co-host, it's dark where he is, and <laughs> hell, damn, sometimes it's hot because he's in Florida. Mightiest the Beast, what's up? Oh, man, chilling, chilling. So, sometimes it is hot in Central Florida, but uh, today was one of the six days a year where it's absolutely beautiful in Florida. You know, you remember those days, Sean. It'd be like one of five days a year where it's like, could the temperature just be this every day and we'd be, we'd be great? Today was one of those days. Yes, far and few between. And we are joined uh, with Niagara Falls' very own Jamal Gasol. Jamal, what's good, man? What up, what up? What's good, what's good? I had to pick, I had to drain muted. I had, I had my daughter running through here on Roblox. She's being loud as <laughs> shit, but it was good with it, man. It's a family affair tonight. It's a family affair. We appreciate that. Uh, we're happy to have you on the show. The World is Piff 3 is available now. Tell the people a little bit about the album and uh, what they can expect from that. For those who, yeah, I saw you put out a bunch of projects last year, um, you know, starting off 2024 strong with a new one. How, where does this one fit into the, uh, you know, catalog, as it were? Uh, right here. This is a continuation of my series, The World is Piff. This is the third installment. Um, I got my label artist G Block Tez and Rico Tellum on here. 14 tracks, 12 solo tracks on here. You know, I mean, I would say 11 actually without the skits, but you know, just displaying my my lyricism, my my variety, my creativity, you know, not being one track minded. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that on there. So it's out now on all streaming platforms. 
Is indeed, indeed. Uh, talking about not being one track, talking about variety, talking about mad solo tracks and a few collaborative tracks that fits pretty well with the album that we're going to be talking about today and the album that you chose to bring into the making illmatic arena was dmx's debut album from 1998 it's dark and hell is hot what's the damn classic and 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 both of our repertoire i feel like these are classic projects man i've been getting nothing but non-stop positive good feedback for this the world's piff three and I remember when this album came out as a kid, man, it was one of those scary, but hood relatable <laughs> anthem party. You you know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to get into this track list, man, because, yo, it's dark and hell is hot as a classic. So basically what you're saying is the world is piff three is the it's dark and hell is hot of the Jamal Gasol catalog is, is what you're saying. I would I would definitely say that no. I would definitely right. say no. that because I got a little bit of everything on there. The only thing I ain't got is the how's it going down. But I got <laughs> that's on that's on the on that's there. on the deluxe edition coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> we we we'll talk about this more, but we also live in a world where like uh, you don't really artists don't need to have like the girl song as much now yeah. as as yeah. they did right. in the '90s. Uh, but you know we'll get to that when we get to that song. Um, what can we say about this record? I mean, this is the record that brought DMX into the world. Uh, I I remember where I was when I saw the Get At Me Dog video, and I just was like are they even allowed to be showing this on television? Yeah. Like, this is so grimy. This is so, like, it was It was uh, paradigm shifting. Uh, you got to think about the landscape of what hip hop was, uh, especially coming out of New York in the 90s at that time. We are in, like, peak, puffy, you know, shiny suit era. Um, there's definitely, mm -hmm. in the mainstream commercial world of hip hop, uh, there was a defined sound. And this guy, Earl Simmons, comes in and he basically fucks the whole shit up. And he's <laughs> like, nah, I'm not going to wear my shirt. I'm going to bark like a dog. Uh, and the delivery here is crazy. Like, this, this was a hell of a way to enter the music industry. That's a fact. The thing about this record, because it came at a time, it came at a time, 90, I love talking about 98 because, and, and, and Sean, we've talked a bunch about 98 on this spot, but we haven't done a 98 album in a while, uh, you right, know, so right, that's facts. always fun. But the ill thing about 98 for me was like, this was a formulative year of me rapping, number one. Like 98 was a crazy, like, you know, like the it was the most important year of me rapping probably up until that point and maybe forever because it's when I first heard cannabis and cannabis was oh. well 97, you know, 98, but cannabis was, was a, was a formulative like thing in my rap universe. And with cannabis for me came DMX. I remember first hearing the first cannabis and DMX. I don't know if y'all was aware of the mm -hmm. cannabis first DMX tape. Yep. DJ Self. Oh, no, I didn't know they had a beef. I didn't know they had a battle joint. So it wasn't a real battle joint. What it was is that they was both smoking the mixtapes. They was both smoking the mixtapes. Cannabis was smoking, you know, clue tapes and, you know, all the different tapes. And DMX was smoking all the different tapes, too. Freestyles, exclusives, whatever. They were just, the, 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 the streets was clamoring for those guys on tapes. So DJ Self did a cannabis versus DMX tape. And side A was wow. all DMX and side B was all cannabis. And it was a bananas like thing. And then one of the major highlights on that tape was the cannabis Noriega DMX uh, Funk Flex freestyle. 
uh, where they went on, they they basically went verse for verse for like ten minutes, and uh, yeah. you know that 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 energy and that that that's that 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 like zest for rhyming was crazy for me at the time. I was like, oh yeah, I yeah, this what this what we doing, you know what I'm saying? So I knew about DMX and knew how, about his energy and his spirit a little bit before. Uh, Get the Get At Me Dog video, but I like that Sean brought up the Get At Me Dog video because nothing prepared me for the Get At Me Dog video, even though I knew about all that shit before the Get At Me Dog video. Because there's nothing like watching Rap City of the day, you know what I'm saying, and you know whatever's whatever videos are running on Rap City of that era, and then you and then you see the black and white just pure like gritty. gritty like unadulterated rage that was and you was like what the plus we didn't know even though i heard dmx on different things when i had never heard a dmx song and mm. get at me dog was the first dmx song i had ever heard and Bang. i mean it was uh he was like holy shit Bang. what is going on so yeah this this shit hit like a rocket man you know what i'm saying and and get at me dog was definitely the first uh the first thing to pop off from that. Jamal, what what do you remember about your first exposure to DMX in this album? Yo, I think I think we all had that moment, man, that get at me dog video with the black and white joint and the fast movement and the like it was like a concert, him and she. Yeah. In the you know what I mean, I remember seeing yeah, yeah, I remember seeing that video as a kid, man. And I don't know, that beat itself gave you like energy. Like that was some hype. You know what I mean? Yeah. That jam was like an anthem as a kid. So like that that was my first time hearing DMX. And then um I would say Rough Riders Anthem was the one though that stop, drop. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? DMX was here to stay. I remember like thinking like, okay, he's gonna be here for a while. Absolutely. I mean, and the album debuted at number one on the Billboard uh, 200 chart. So obviously the world was paying attention. Uh, it's Back. since gone four times platinum. You got to also remember, we're not really going to talk about the second album in this episode, but six months later, he dropped another album that went to number one with Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. Blood it, of my was, blood. It, it was the year that DMX basically took over the world. That's and, the you know, rest in peace to DMX. Obviously, that was a huge loss uh, when we lost him uh, recently. But for, for a moment in time, man, like there was nothing more that felt more cutting edge and more sort of exciting than than DMX. And this album was the start of all of that. So, uh, you know, critical reception. When the album came out, this album got four mics in the source. Rolling Stone gave it three stars. Uh, Spin gave it a six out of ten. Uh, you know, it, it got mostly good reviews. We always like to say the point of this show is that we're taking an album that we think is really good and we want to make it flawless titanium classic. Um, so what we do now at this point is we evaluate how many mics, uh, did we give it at the time and how many mics do we sort of have it at now before we try to give it the trim to 10 songs. So Midas, where do you sort of fit this album, uh, on the mic scale? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy because even though this album hit like a rocket for me, as far as, you know, the way it kind of came out, it, for me, it, it, the album as a whole didn't get a ton of burn. 
like after it dropped. What I got, what I got a lot was I got a lot of a lot of burn out of a couple songs, and then uh, for a lot of the rest of the album, I didn't really go to it all that much. So what I would, you know, especially like pun came, pun comes out, and then like all my all my listening goes to pun after that in 98 you know what i'm saying for that for that stretch oh yeah so what i would what i would really for me personally i would probably be looking at three and a half is probably where i would have sat on this record um back then uh i do think there's a little bit of redundancy through some of the songs on here so what i do think what my prediction is is that when we trim this from however many songs I forget is on here from 19 songs, when we trim it from 19, we'll probably get to an album that's about four, four and a half is my guess. Mm. But that's, that's where I'm at. Um, I, for me, I definitely would have ranked this at a four uh, when it came out, 4.5. I played the hell out of this album. I like, I really played the hell out of this album. But then I probably didn't revisit the album much for, I'd say maybe a decade. Like there was probably a decade where I, I didn't really listen to it. And I've revisited it in recent years, especially with, you know, DMX past. Well, first DMX rising back into the limelight when he did the verses. That kind of like put him back on the public radar a little bit more. And then with his passing, I think a lot of people were, were revisiting. So I've, I've revisited this album a lot in recent years. And I'd say I'd probably rank it out of four for me. I think, I think it's really good. I think it's... Uh, there just wasn't anything truly like it at the time. And I, I give a lot of points for that. And I do think also with the right trims on this, we could definitely get it closer to a five. Um, Jamal, what's your uh, current ranking of the album with Mike's? Uh, I think I'm going I'm to have to agree with you and, and, and give it a solid four out of five, man. Because there was some joints on here, man. Some, there's still some timeless songs on this album. You know what I'm saying? And... Um, it was a couple. It was a couple of songs on there that we could have went without. You know what I'm saying? But with the momentum he had at the time and the visuals and the energy yeah. he was giving in the video, like, you know what I'm saying? He was he was giving a a persona that everybody wanted to be like. You know, like before Fifty Cent, I think it was DMX was like the iconic style that people wanted to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like. And the, but I, was, I would say even a little bit of Ja Rule got his style from DMX too. Like he was such 100%, an influence. 100%. And this, and this right here being a debut album with such an impact, like I think about the Woodstock video where he had the oh, crowd yeah. rapping off this album. Like, you know what I mean? This joint was very impactful. But I'm going with a four out of five. All right, so we're going to dive into it. We go through each song and it's the three-man vote. So it takes two to keep or two to cut. And if we uh, get to the end and we haven't cut 10, we'll have to do a reevaluation in, in our speed round. So first up, it's the first song, it's produced by Irv Gotti and Lil Rob. The song is called Intro. Some dude don't you know, a real quiet. When you think you want to try it, fuck around and start a ride. Uh, niggas don't buy it, regardless, because I'm the hardest uh, rap artist. And I'm a starter, uh, shit up for real. What? Get up and feel what? my words. I make curves spit up and scream. It's all I've been hearing lately. This is a crazy intro. Like the 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 even before the beat comes yeah. in, even the ad libs, and I'm I'm notorious for wanting for being the guy who's like 
Let's skip the intro. Let's get straight into the music. I want to I don't want to go too long before the drums kick in. This is an exception to that rule because this is so iconic. He's like, "Dog, that's my man." Yep, that's my man. You know what I'm yeah. doing? You know what I mean? Um yeah. it's it, it's iconic uh and I think it's just a good like it's almost like a prelude, like an intro. It's not a full song. It's just a little moment to kind of like get you acclimated. Um this is a keep for me. I vote to keep this one because to me, this just sets the album off so well. Uh, and it's it's a favorite of mine, despite the fact that it's short and it's not necessarily a full song. So I vote to keep. I'm, I'm, I'm voting to keep. That's the that's iconic intro, man. Like I think of the Def Jam Vendetta game when I hear that. I'm like, dang, that joint is, that was the intro of the album. It was, you know what I mean? That, that beat itself was fire. I didn't even... I did not know till right now that Herb Gotti produced that beat. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either. <laughs> I did not know that. That's fire. Yeah. But yeah, man, that, that's a keep for me. The intro's a keep. Yeah, it's a it's a keep for me too. I mean, I remember like there's a certain intros, and that's my man's. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's one of the intros that like even if even if Shaw even if it was clipped and that that little intro part was by itself it'd be hard for us to cut it you know what i'm saying like it'd be hard because that by itself is is iconic right but then the joint that comes in uh right after come with so much energy you know what i'm saying and like really honestly it's it does a great job of setting the tone or like this what we about to do yeah. for the next 60 minutes or whatever the case may be like it just sets the excuse me, sets the tone in a real ill way and uh, gets the album kind of running off at a frenetic pace. I don't think we could cut. I don't think the album even runs the same if it don't start off exactly the same. So to me, it's a big key. Yeah, that joint definitely, definitely got to stay. Yeah, got to stay. It's crazy. How did this guy make a, a random ad lib almost like a hook of a song? Like that's my man. So like that, that that's a chorus. Everybody knows that. That's, <laughs> that's a hook. <laughs> All right. Well, then we're keeping that. It's a unanimous keep. We're gonna move on to track number two. It was the third single from the album, <laughs> produced by Swizz Beats. It is Rough Riders Anthem. this track I, okay i'm gonna kill the suspense i'm gonna keep it obviously right i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna cut fucking the rough riders anthem from the fucking album but i gotta i gotta say this song i have such a i have such a uh, a tough a tough history with this song and the reason why I have a tough history with the song is not about the song itself, but it's about what I feel like the song did for rap music mm. after it came out. Because really, yep. after this song came out is when we got a thousand songs trying to sound like this song. And those songs sucked, most of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, we got a lot of joints that was like fake-ass Rough Rider anthem keyboard beat joints that were like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? And I, I, I had so much venom for for Swiss Beats early in the game. I was like, yo, I hate this dude for 
the what for what he ushered in after this. You know what I mean? It was a ton of guys going, oh, we don't need a sample neither. We could just make keyboard ass beats. And they were trash. Like right. they weren't as good as what Swizz could do with that, with that, with that Steve. So I just have to get that off my chest that I, I thought that this uh this song was the set off. <laughs> For like fuckery for like three years afterwards and shit. Every every album had to have a switch. Way more than three years. Yeah, I mean, way way more yeah, than three, years. More than three yeah, years. Yeah. Every every album had to have a Swiss beats joint, you know what I mean? And it was just horrible. But going back to this song, <laughs> going back to this song, this song is, I mean, it's an all-time classic. To this day, the song rings off. And really, it's funny because even though there were so many imitators of this song. There's no song that sounds like this song. You know what I'm saying? Like this song is like a, a, a flash in the pan, all time like specific song. You know what I mean? So, uh, DMX goes crazy on it. Uh, again, it doesn't. It, even though there's imitators, nothing sounds like it except the remix. Which you know, even though it's not on the album, the remix is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So I like the remix with D Block. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Because there was there was multiple remixes uh, of of this joy, wasn't there? If I remember, yeah, because there was a remix. There was a remix. I think Dragon was. I remember hearing like Dragon Eve. on one. Eve, Eve, I think was it. Yep, yep. Eve. Was there only one though? Am I am I am I mistaken that? It might have been a Rough Riders. It might have been a Rough Riders remix because I remember Dragon being on there. Yeah, the Rough Riders yep. remix was on the Clue tape. It was on a Clue album, if I if I remember okay. correctly. But yeah, the song is crazy. Big key. Yeah, I'm a um, I'm a keep it. I'm a keep it. I ain't gonna lie. It was the little dumbed down DMX. It was definitely dumbed down. Uh, it has some little catchy, funny, funny quotes, but the key essential to this video, I mean, the song is the video. Another, another the video one. pushed this song up. Like, I ain't gonna lie, like, the, the all the motorcycles and then the little news lady clip. It was like a good video. You got all your diggers outside. That was that was, that was like the, the intro to D Block, yeah, b- before we knew D Block, yeah. right? Yeah, agree. Yeah, it's the key for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, it's a keep for me as well, just to echo both of your sentiments. Do you ever feel like you're watching the mob? Have you ever been like outside of a mob and you feel like you're watching the the, the angry mob shift and you know there's nothing you can do to stop this mob because you're one person and it's a whole group of people? That's how I felt about this song where everybody was like, yo, DMX is crazy. His first album is nuts. Like it just came out. Have you heard it? Yo, like him and Swiss Beats make the best music together. And me being a record nerd, I was like, Hey, I love the first DMX album. There's only one Swiss Beats record that's, on that's the right. first DMX album, right. and it is the biggest song that X had on that album. And it might, it's quite honestly the biggest song that he has in his entire career. But is it? it did always, I, I think party so. Up? What's bigger than Rough Riders? I think Party Up. What? I think Party Up what, might party? party Up might have it. Yeah, I'm gonna say Party Up might be the one. If it ain't, if it ain't Rough Riders, it might be Party Up. Yeah. All right, another Swiss Beats uh, yeah. record, which. To, to my point, this not only changed the the perception of, oh, DMX and uh, Swizz are like, you know, peanut butter and jelly. You know how they rocked on that whole first album together. It's like, well, they didn't. They only did the biggest song on the album. Right. But then 
not only did that mean that all of hip hop was now trying to have the Swizz Beat sound, but DMX albums basically became him and yeah. him and Swizz, and I was not really there for all of it. I had a copy of Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood that I bought the week that it came out, and I gave it away. It's one of the few. It's one of the few CDs that I bought in my life that I just gave to somebody. I gave it to a girl I went to middle school with. I was like, I don't want to this. a passerby. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I mean, I knew the person, but yeah, it it was. Look, I'm not mad at it for all the reasons you said. It's done very well, but what it meant yeah. for DMX's trajectory and for the trajectory of hip hop, it kind of was the the. The, the Trojan horse that had a virus yeah, inside yeah, of it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, and yeah, keyboard beats, yeah, keyboard go figure. Beats, but it's a keep, man. Can't do, can't do nothing yeah. without it. A, this is a very uh, critical, unanimous keep that we have. Like, <laughs> we, we're keeping it, but we all have a big problem with it in, in an abstract way. <laughs> all right, we're going to move on to the third song on the album. It's produced by PK. The song is called Fucking With D. What's on God, niggas, my with me i know somebody has told you about fucking with d stuck in the tree is what you will be like a cat and i'm the dog at the bottom looking up now what's that uh, your worst nightmare because i take it right there uh -huh. you got niggas coming where they at right where yeah. i'll make them like yeah floating away wouldn't tell me what he was thinking so i opened the way okay all right so mm. this is gonna be tough this is a tough one because I always did kind of feel like this beat was a little bit of a like get at me dog junior beat. It's very similar yeah. to the to the bounce of it. The the chord progression is kind of similar. Um and it but it is pretty ferocious as well. <laughs> yeah. It's ferocious. Get at get at me puppy. Get at me puppy, we'll call it. Um yeah, this is a reluctant cut for me because while it is really good. And it goes, I think that the ground that it covers gets covered a bunch more later yeah. in, in ways that I think it sticks out more. So this is my first cut on the album. Yeah, um, in my opinion, it does, it does, it drags through for the next track. But, you know, what song comes next? The next song is... Uh, the next song is a skit, and then look through my eyes. But yeah, yeah we can, yeah, we can, we, we, we can cut it because look, look through my eyes was was on my list, on my personal list. Okay. Yeah, we can let it go. I mean, I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like, I, I, I initially was gonna keep it, and you didn't have to do much to sell me, Sean. As you were talking, I was like, yeah, he's kind of. He's kind of fucking right. Like, <laughs> because honestly, so it when I when I when I said in the intro, this album, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of uh redundancy on this record. And I mean it, it is what it is. It's the way DMX raps. You know what I'm saying? Like he likes a certain kind of song. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of his yeah. his deal. Which it's tough because that doesn't mean any of those songs are bad. They're 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 dope songs. The thing is with all of those songs back to back to back on the same record, it's like you don't need all of them. You know what I'm saying? You could do with yeah. you could do with one here and one here and you know whatever. So this is this is get at me, dog Junior. I mean that's kind of the best way to look at it to <laughs> me. And but you know I also like the fact, right? That like so when you look at like the the track listing, right? I do like the fact that right after Rough Riders Anthem, you do have something like fucking with D. 
you know, or it could have been get at me, dog, or whatever, to, to sit right in that spot to be like, yeah. But you know, I, I, I'm I'm actually gonna go with both of you guys and have it as a cut, um, knowing that there's other songs kind of just like it. it. This is a this is a uh, what I call an introductory like get to know me song. There's a there's always a get to know me song. So there's fuck it with D, get at me, dog. Those are like this is who I am songs. And, yeah, and, yeah, I get what you yeah. Mean. You don't really need a whole bunch of get at or uh, this is who I am songs. You really just need one of those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and yeah, honestly, yeah. Rough Riders Anthem is kind of one of those two. So it's like, yeah, you don't really need three, four of those joints. So I would say, fuck it with D. Uh, we we could cut it. So is it safe to say that we are all not we are not with fucking D? with D? We're, 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 <laughs> not not fucking with fucking with D. Um, all right, we're going to move on to track number four. It's a skit produced by Dame Grease and PK. It is called The Storm. X, man. I think that nigga yeah. bullshit, man. Word up. Yeah. I be hearing mad shit. Like, he be robbing niggas and shit, man. Yeah, what you know about that? Nigga? I'm saying, man, I just know what people be saying. You know what I'm saying? What people? Who? All types of people. Crackheads? What? What? Drug ass? What? What? Nah, niggas what? be saying he be robbing niggas and stuff like that. That's, that's whack, yo. That's yeah, whack. that cracks me up. What people? Who? You talk about crackheads and some shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can let that one go. The conversation was done. <laughs> <laughs> like so many like, skits on, on albums from the 90s are, like maybe they have a replay value of, of once. And then you're like listening to this even now, I was like, I haven't listened to this in 20 years. Like I, I haven't listened to it in, in a really long time. The skits on this album are better than a lot of skits on albums from that time, but in trying to keep a tight 10 track playlist, there's no room for a skit. Yeah. There's too many songs that, that belong in place. So it's a cut for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's a cut. Um, the thing about some of these skits from the nineties and I think the logic, I think in hindsight, of course, hindsight is 2020. These guys were really trying to be Scorsese. Like, you know, rappers in the nineties was really like, yo, we got to make a movie. It was really about, creating a movie on an audio movie experience 72 minutes right. we want to you know we i'll bring you into my world whatever but the problem with a lot of these skits is that to sean's point they don't have replayability they do have initial playability like i i come in i i come into your world i experience your world but once i'm in that world it's there's very few rappers that have the kind of skits that you listen to more than once you know what i'm saying like you skip the skits after that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you kind of yeah. never go back. Like, I think about it. The Daylight skits, the Wu-Tang uh, 36 Chamber skits, and then, like, the Red Man skits. And, like, there's not a lot more that you're like, oh, I want to I want to hear the skit. You know what I'm saying? You kind of you kind of jump over the skits a lot of times. So, yeah, I would say a cut for this. Yeah. All right. Then we're going to move on to track number five, produced by PK. It's Look Through My Eyes. Burning in hell, but don't deserve to be. Got niggas I don't even know that wanna murder me. Just because they heard of me. And they know that the dark is for real. The bark is for real. When you see that spark, it'll kill. Be pop out, park it and chill. Take it over there, walk with it. From Mayo to Cali, Baltimore, back to New York with it. Come through flying, up one, two, nine. Up the street, uh, cause I come. Yeah, I'm gonna set this one off. Yeah, this is a keep for me. Love the vibe on <laughs> love, love the vibe on it. Uh, this was the joint where you really got introduced to what I call the Tupac nature of X. 
Like this is where the Tupac energy and yeah, this is this is the type of joint where those comparisons became real because DMX had the power like Tupac to just make you feel him. Like yo, feel me. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's it's a it's a phenomenon. So like Jamal is a is a, is is a is a renowned MC. You know myself. There's a thing when like you get into like like it's one thing to rap on records, but like. If you if you've ever been in or around a cipher, right? There's certain rappers who rap really good, and you hear them in a in a cipher scenario, and they're like, "Yeah, okay, he's really dope." You know what I'm saying? He's really dope. And then there's other rappers that you hear as soon as they start rapping in a cipher, people start walking up to the cipher like, "Yo, who, who, who's that?" Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's like a a magnetism and like a DMX had the ability to bring that magnetism everywhere he went, <laughs> whether it was rhyming for just three people in the corner or going to the studio like that, that feel me was always present for DMX. And it, it, it goes beyond just like, I think some people might say the voice it would be some of it, the delivery. It's all of it. It's the whole thing. You yeah. know what I mean? He just He's had a full his, package. the whole package, full package, bro. And he just had yeah. the magnetism. And it's a, it's a really Tupac thing because, like, I don't know. I can't. I, I'm a huge Tupac fan. I can never even tell you what it is about Tupac that just draws me so much. It's just he got the thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and X is the same way. Like, X just got the thing. And this was one of those joints, uh, look yeah. through my eyes, that showed that a bit. Keep. Yeah, I um, you know he the way he plays with his voice too, oh, like yeah. he does so many melodic things. He he really is the full package, like we were saying. Just like the the patterns, the the tone. Obviously, the delivery is one of a kind and really wasn't emulated well or at all by many people. Um, having said that, as uh -oh. through my producer lens and my producer hat, I always kind of hated this beat. This beat <laughs> did not move the needle for me. You ain't like uh, the beat? <laughs> Jamal's hey, man, eyes look. went crazy. Like, wait, yeah, what? Look, <laughs> this happened. Nah. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm not saying that the piano wasn't nuts, but it wasn't nuts to me. Oh, and it's man. my vote. So my vote on this, although, I, again, <laughs> I think that there are some more emotional moments in this album. And this is kind of a little bit more introspective X. And we're going to get that later. So for me, it is, even in hearing it now, when I heard the, the playback on, I was like, mm, this is good. It's better than I even remembered it. But I got to do a, a semi-reluctant cut on this. So, Jamal, you are the deciding vote here. Are we keeping or cutting? Look through my eyes. Buddy, saying. <laughs> 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 yo, this was really like, yo, I'm a D-Block fan. So, like, this that, like this production was like, that sound to me. Like, he was really the origin, like, a Jada Kiss and Styles and them to me. Like, yeah, they was with Diddy. But once they got over with him and Rough Riders, they was like, they was way better and more fit into the sound, man. So, I, I'm this the keeper for me. Like DMX hooks was crazy. Yeah, you gotta give yeah. DMX his, his, his credit. His hooks was crazy. Yeah, his hooks was yeah. crazy. And 100%. that thing right there was smooth. I, I, I'll tell you, Sean, and I know you always look at. Well, you like to look things a lot from a production lens, and I do too for certain for certain joints. But I think this is a really hard album to look at on the production side 
a lot because a a lot of the album the production sounds a lot the same <laughs> throughout a lot of the record even though it is mostly Dame Grease and you know PK but I I, I do think that it's the X of it like I always hate when I talk to people about Tupac and they're like. Yeah, I don't like Tupac. I, I never liked his beats. It's like, have you heard Tupac though? Like, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, well let, let me let me say this. Even even if I don't like this beat, what X does on this beat yeah. elevates the song so much more than if it had been a lesser rapper on it. Then I really would have been like, there's nothing redeemable yeah. about this. For me, I, even listening to it now, I knew that I wanted to cut it, but when I played it. He somehow still had me questioning whether or not I wanted to cut it. So like that, yeah, that definitely has some credit. Ones, man. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You, you get out the car, come back in, like, you know what I mean? This one yeah. playing, you're gonna let it rock. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna move on to track number six. It was the first single we've already talked about a little bit on the uh intro to this episode. It's produced by Dame Grease, it's Get At Me Dog featuring Sheik. What must I go through to show you shit is real? And I ain't really never gave a fuck how niggas feel. Rob and I still, because I want to, because I have to. And don't make me show you with the Mac. If you don't know by now, then you slip. I'm on some bullshit that's got me jacking niggas flip. Let my man in them stay pretty. I'm going to stay shitty. Cruddy, it's all for the money. Is you with me? Get the bitches. All right, all right, all right, all right. Is there a better more intense debut uh, single for an artist. Oh, man. And granted, granted, I know that uh, DMX did put out a record called Born Loser that came out, you know, a few years before this album. But, like, the, this is, is there, it's like, is the, it's like it, the Mob Deep situation. The, 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 the infamous is their first album. I don't care what nobody says. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. No, but I'm saying, like, is there anything that can, like, that can match the ferocity of, of, coming out is this is your first single oh my god bro nah i can't i can't and it was so to jamal's point the video was so uh impactful but also so such a uh yeah so like what is it It, because it didn't look like anything that was running on rap city or on mtv at the time like Aesthetic, yeah, you know, definitely different. It's the black and white, the energy, like just moving quick. You know what I mean? He's got his, his shirt, like it's this dog. Like he, it, that was that was a, that was a thing, bro. It, it was really like, whoa, like who is? You know, it, it was like the Blair Witch Project of hip hop videos because when you saw the Blair Witch with the shaky camera and it looked like kind of like janky, you were like, what am I seeing? Am I even supposed to be seeing this? How did this get out? When I saw it on on BT, it was like. This doesn't even look like it's finished. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it was so it was so raw that it was like, how did this even get out? But it was just like magnetizing. You couldn't take your eyes away from it. It looked like some behind the scenes shit. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But yo, that video was so fire, man. Like I think about it, like that was when you said the video come on and you turn the volume all the way up days. Like you turn the TV up for this one. You know what I mean? BT might got a surround sound. You blast that in the house one time. That's all was one grab you to the tv videos like get at me dog was fire yeah that's that's staying on my list though just just to clarify that <laughs> that's definitely staying <laughs> if we were all like even, okay so we're all gonna cut it right <laughs> even cheek even, even cheek little punch ins is fire yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I'm, great. I'm keeping two so i don't I think, think it's because yeah yeah no nah, i'm keeping two i don't i don't even think we need to spend a whole bunch of time talking about keeping this one yeah, it's a unanimous, hands down, fastest keep we've ever addressed. 
As if you needed more proof, he's not fucking around. The Last of the Mohicans by Midas the Beast is now available on all streaming platforms. Now, the rest of the planet has an opportunity once only afforded the most elite of our society. Featuring a ridiculous lineup of producers and some of the nicest MCs alive today. The Last of the Mohicans is now available on all streaming platforms. Go! Listen now. Run the numbers up, nigga. The fuck is we talking about? Uh, we're going to move on then to track number seven, produced by Dame Grease. It is called Let Me Fly. Either let me fly or give me death. Let my soul rest, take my breath. If I don't fly, I'm going to die anyway. I'm going to live on what I've been gone any day. Hold me down, niggas want to know me now. Didn't want to play with me, wanted to show me how. Know me out, but it's all about the bar. Let the dog lose, baby, it's about to... I have an interesting uh, relationship with this record because... All right, so shout out to going to the kind of high school that I went to, right? So I went to, I went to high school, middle school, high school, in 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 a in a in white schools, right? And I, it was one of them scenarios where I was one of, uh, you know, there was like the black group of kids, and then it was a lot of white kids, right? And mm-hmm. DMX was a darling of the white kids. Right. Like DMX was oh, the white kids loved DMX because he was, you know, DMX was like a like like a rock star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, we talked about it at all of the white kid meetings. Yeah, yeah, like, he he came up a lot. And we decided collectively that we were going to keep him. Um, It was voted on. And then every year we renew it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You, OK. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. He was like a, he was like a rock star, bro. And this song used to annoy the shit out of me back then. Because, <laughs> because it was like, like the white kids at school got a hold of this damn DMX album, and this song was day fucking song. It, I mean, ringing out their lockers. You know, this yeah. is the joint at the football practice. This was like there was yeah. just, and they, they they loved this song. And I used to be like, y'all y'all don't know nothing about hip hop. You know, that was back at you know that era for me, but. So this song used to annoy the shit out of me. Like, this is the if if I ask you what's your favorite song and you say it's this, I can Im- immediately tell you don't you don't love rap. You know what I'm saying? Like that was kind of my <laughs> that was kind of my shit. With that being said, the song is not bad at all. It's just I I hated it for that reason back in the day. That was my my back in the day hatred for this. But nah, um, this this is kind of like what became the the standard like for how DMX kind of did songs for like. Five years after, you know, album cuts and shit like that. It kind of laid the groundwork. It was early in the groundwork land. So um, it, it's tough for me, man. Like, I, have, I have no idea what you're going to say. Yeah. Like, with this intro, I don't know if you're going to yeah, cut it or the, keep it right now. <laughs> with, with, with all that being said, bro, I'm going to keep it. Because there's other songs on the... on the there's, uh, Now, in hindsight, I'm going to keep it because there's other songs I hear that I don't, I don't love as much. Hmm. I'm being strategic for the rest of the picks. I feel you. Okay. This is okay. Wait, you you want to go or should I go? You can go first because I'm, I'm, I'm you may be the you I may be the tiebreaker. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> this, this man gets it. He knows the dramatic arc of how this episode yeah. goes. He's like, all right. Um, this, 
again, X has great hooks. And even though this is a little, you know, sing-songy, I think that that's part of the appeal. If we're going to compare X to Pac, Pac also did the sing-songy thing at times, too, and got melodic with his delivery. Um, but similar to how I felt about Look Through My Eyes, Let Me Fly is a little too low energy for me. It's a little too, it just, this is just album cut material for me. This is, it just feels like it's not a filler. highlight. It's, it's filler. Yeah, it's filler. So for me, uh, you know, shout out to all the white kids who went to your high school. Uh, I probably wouldn't have gotten along with them anyway. You definitely would not have. Um, yeah, sure. I, I would not have. Uh, this is, this is a cut. Yeah. This is a cut for me. Yeah. I just found out Yo, you were white the other day, by the way. I know, I know. <laughs> it was all over the blocks. Yo, I'm going to be honest. Yo, based off Midas' decision, I never looked at it like that. But yo, you are right, man. That song definitely has that vibe, of, like some the white emo kids, no. and stuff, like the white kid that was like, I could just see this going on at certain bars I know out yeah. here. Like that, that song will be playing in there. Like of all DMX songs, I didn't know they like. Yeah, they loved it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's a strong cup. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know where you was going either. So, I had no idea. I had no I idea. Gotta let that go. That yeah. was, it was. It was. It was. It's um. It's it's, it's kind of like a like like I said a filler song. It's like something to fill. In. It got a little melodic feel to it, so it's a little different from the average DMX, where it's a little aggressive, but it's like. I can live without it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate to like typecast artists, but I don't want, I kind of think that DMX does aggression very well. So I don't necessarily want to hear him. Oh, this is the more subdued yeah. melancholy DMX. Like I don't think that's where his strengths are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. So uh, the other thing that you just had me thinking of uh, in talking about this, when you go to Wikipedia <laughs> and look up this album and they give you like, you know, sometimes they'll tag the categories for what an album is, like 90s, East Coast. They call this a horrorcore album. <laughs> is DMX horrorcore? Like, is Yo, there... I ain't gonna lie. Yeah? We ain't, even, we ain't even get through the rest of the songs. It's some shit on yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's facts. Like, he's not somebody who I instantly think of as a horrorcore artist, but, I mean, certainly the second album, he's covered in blood, yeah. so that's, it's kind of hard to he argue with that. But on that album, by the he, way. Yeah. Well, that's how he got blood on his dick. Yes. No remorse. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even think he said he fucked a corpse. He said, I fucked your corpse. Or, or, or no, he, he said, said ah. corpse. Oh, he said, ah, okay. Yeah. Nigga. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's a little a little difficult to um, revisit in, in my older age. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go on to track number eight then. So that is a cut. Um, track number eight is produced by B, uh, PK, and the song is called X is Coming. in the park when I bark they hear the boom but you see the spark and I see the part of your head which used to be your face be replaced by nothing but bluffing this was like great timing that I that I posed the horrorcore uh, question and then the song comes out it's like yeah, I guess this is he he definitely tries to speak of the devil <laughs> literally speak of the devil yeah, hardcore. yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, goes, he goes he goes crazy um he goes crazy on this whole album. He's definitely rapping for his life on the whole record. But this one for me is a cut. 
uh it's it, it, it which is <laughs> funny because Sean knows this but Jamal I'm gonna tell you bro I don't got no love for for uh nursery rhyme hooks I'm out on nursery rhyme hooks I always I'm dead on them shits I don't want no nursery rhyme nothing in my rap songs you know what I'm saying I don't like repurposing nursery rhymes for 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 rap shit it, it it's it it's it's lazy to me it's always been something that I'm like ah I'm good so on it it, it fits one of my tropes I don't fuck with nursery rhymes in rap songs so for that reason it's yeah I ain't heard that shit what you think is Sean Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like what I'm thinking. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I am thinking. Um, this is just a song I never want to go back to. Like, it, it, <laughs> again, and I'm not saying that it's bad. I just never have had the urge, like, yo, let me put on the kind of like down tempo, dreary sounding with kids on the chorus. Like, it just. It doesn't yeah. check. It doesn't check any of the boxes for me. And again, that's not to say that X does it poorly. It's just not. It, it doesn't fit in the canvas of what I want to hear from X. Maybe I'm painting him as like a one trick pony in, ter in terms of like the type of sound and aesthetic, but yeah, this, this is not a song. Even when the album came out, I was like, oh, I'm going to skip this. Like, it's just not, not for me. Yeah. That, that just gave me the creeps when I was a kid during that song. Like, yo, change that. You know what I mean? Nah. I know, like, yeah, that's just scared the hell out. You take the garbage out at nighttime and you think about that song as a kid. You scared as hell. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, your mom's is your mom's is like take hey take the trash out and you have your headphones in and you're, the song comes on I was like I'm gonna wait to the next song and then I'll take the trash out like I'm, I'm you know not going out. You know how many walk minutes broke from being scared out there walking the night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, X no is ABS coming. ABS sensors yet? Yeah. Oh shit, the ABS sensors. Uh, shout out. Right. Right. The skip proof. Skip proof joints. Man, when them shits came out, my life changed, bro. Hell yeah, interest is very versatile now. I can be a little crafty. Yeah, uh, that was a, a technological breakthrough for yeah. the ABS. We were like, yo, we're living in the future now, baby. Um, all right, we're moving on to track number nine, produced by Dame Grease. The song is called Damien. My nigga TP, creep with me. Why is it every move I make turned out to be a bad one? Where's my guardian angel? Need one? Wish I had one. I'm right here, shorty, and I'ma hold you down. I'm trying to fuck all these bitches. I'ma show you how. But who? Name D like you, but my friends. One of the greatest, in my opinion, like storytelling songs from this era. I. I fucking love Damien. One of my favorite songs on Ready to Die was Gimme the Loot because I love the back and forth and him, you know, changing his voice and the interplay between these two characters that Biggie was uh, portraying. And this is more of that for me. I, it's a great hook. Uh, even though this, uh, we just said that we didn't like songs that were creepy and leaned a little more <laughs> hardcore. And this is literally about him talking to the devil and then being like led astray by Damien. I'm gonna cast aside what I said in the last two songs. This is a motherfucking keep for me. I, I this is this is like not only for me. This was like oh X is like a really great writer too, and it's not just um, bravado and aggression that he's coming with. He's also like putting together an interesting angle. And yeah, I I really really like Damien, so it's a keep. Well, it's a keep for me. Uh... It was definitely a scary song when I was a kid, but very tolerable scary. Like you wanted to hear it. It was like, okay, well, what is it? Type shit. That was 
And the beat is fire, yeah. man. And like you said, that hook, like the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog, like you don't forget that. Especially that's why I said when that album came out, I was maybe like eight, nine years old. So I remember hearing this album, man. It was fire. Yeah, this is a keep for me, man. I like the whole suspense of it. It was definitely not X is coming for you, like. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you guys. Uh, you know, contrary a little bit to what Sean was saying, I never was a big fan of the like back and forth with yourself on albums because I always used to think like this is a great opportunity to get somebody else on the song that could be that other voice and say that other stuff. But this is a great doing of it. You know what I mean? Like he did it well. Uh, the other voice is not like how it is on some other albums. It's not like intolerable. Like it's it's dope the way he did it. And the whole angle of the song is crazy. I mean, talking to the devil, you're like, yo, this dude is, he's he's out here, man. You know what I'm saying? Like who does a song about talking? Yeah. Like, especially with so many songs in hip hop was about talking to God, you know? And like <laughs> a lot about God, he's like, nah, I'm gonna talk to the devil. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yo, this dude's crazy. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it, it, it definitely brought that type of like, he was big about bringing that mystique to his to the character of DMX um, as well. But yeah, this is the key for me. And, and I also like how it doesn't really have a resolved ending either. It's not like he beats the devil or that like, you know, he escapes the devil. It's kind of it ends eerily where he's just like fucked because he got everything that he wanted from this character who was, a, you know, introduced to him. And he says, now I see there ain't nothing but trouble ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's like the maybe the DMX origin story, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He, he definitely was. He definitely was going through something at that time, though. I'll tell you that much. He came up with that kind of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he had a, like a horrific childhood, as as we learned about through like his books and like you know the interviews and stuff that he did. Like he, this was definitely not an act of like oh. He, he found a way to be edgy and he's just going to portray this edgy character. You know, we, we saw the roller coaster of his life. Uh, definitely brought him through some crazy situations. Yeah, for sure. That's a fact. All right, we're going to move on to track 10. Uh, this was the fourth single off the album, if I'm not mistaken. It's produced by PK. It's How's It Going Down. I'm politicking with this chicken, wondering if I'm a creeper. From 25th named Jamaica coming through like I do, you know, getting my bark on. Knew she was a thug, cause when I met her, she had a scarf on. 5411, size 7 and girls. Baby face would look like she was 11 with curls. Girlfriend, remember me from way back? Does wearing a scarf make you a thug? Imme immediately. Because <laughs> he, he, he seemed to know instantly. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> it's like, it wasn't just cold outside? Nah, like, that's, how I, that's how I knew she was a thug. With the 5411. The, the Reeboks right there, you know what I mean? The double strap Reeboks. Yeah, I uh I'll I'll say this joint is a keep for me. Uh it's a keep for me because a lot of quote unquote girl songs on records, especially in this era, were so cheesy. Uh Super, right? And, and this wasn't. This was a good, a good, you know, like girl song, if you want to call it that. It had a it had a 
I had a good narrative behind it. The beat is dope for those type of songs. You know what I mean? And I thought it was dope to hear him be a little different. Like the aggression was not there to say he didn't have the edge on his voice, but he still sounded like a real street dude, you know, <laughs> like simultaneously. So I, I thought, you know, if, if you had to turn in all your records with a, with a radio track or a girl joint, like, this 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 satisfies kind of both sides of the coin a bit, I thought. So this is a key for me. Yeah. It's appealing but not pandering, I would say. It it reaches the audience it's supposed to reach, but it doesn't feel like he's selling out or compromising his identity. It's a key for me too. I, I always thought it was great. I think the hook is amazing. It's an amazing hook. I, I, yeah. It, it, and and again, like there's something about the production and him being able to turn that on that again, I'm going to draw the comparison to Pac where he Pac was able to go from that super, you know, shirt off thug life tattoo craziness to then like make songs where he's speaking to women in a way that it felt like a real conversation yeah. felt, yeah. it felt believable. So for me, it's a keep as well. Well, I'm just, I'm going to say that that is my favorite DMX song of all time. Oh, wow. How's it going down? Is my favorite DMX. Oh, so you was just waiting for one of us to start talking shit. So. I, was, I was waiting for y'all to get to this song. Like, let me hear it. <laughs> this is the best DMX song of all times, man. I think this is one of the first Mary J. Blige songs for men. Mm. Really on some reality of life shit. Like, you, we all know the lyrics to the song. If you listen to the song, that's some like real gutter shit. It ain't like you said, no cheesy. Right happily ever after story like you see the video how it ends you know what i'm saying it's just like dang that's one of them joints like make you think yeah. like dmx how's it going down like this this day the album was slipping is it no slipping's on slipping's on flesh yeah yeah flesh my flesh. okay i was gonna say like like you know what i mean slipping had a vibe like this but this this sunday music right here man you get in the car and let this vibe you know what i mean this yeah. is the key for me yeah a unanimous keep, which means we're moving on to track number 11. It's a skit produced by PK. It's Mickey. Yo, who is it? Mickey. Who sent you? Mickey. Yo, nigga, who sent you? It's me, Mickey. Hi. <laughs> I just want to know how some of these skits even were created. Like, what what was what was the seed behind this? How how do you write a skit like this? <laughs> Mickey, <laughs> it's got to come from the Mickey impression, right? Somebody in the studio must have just been saying, "It's Mickey." <laughs> Go shoot the door up. Yeah. Shoot the door up. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, we could we. Uh, you know what? For me, we probably could let that rock. It's funny. <laughs> we can keep it. Wow, keep for Mickey. I think it's funny. Um, I think we could. I think we could keep that one, man, just because it's a filler and it's funny. It'll be. We didn't keep the other skit, and we do gotta at least get some some little narrative in there. Solidarity I, I, for the skits. They just blew a fiend through the door. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I feel you. It's not the worst skit in the world, but it is a skit on a '90s rap album, and uh, because of that, I'm voting to cut it. Sorry, Mickey, I'm shooting you through the door. 
Uh, Midas, you are deciding. <laughs> you are deciding. Vote: Do we cut or keep the Mickey skit? Nah, I think we cut it. But we only. Uh, it, it's it's a good skit. It's a good skit. I just got to give it credit for. It's me. a good little quick funny. Yeah, skit it's I just go. one of those skits that again I wish would have been at the end of the song before it, and then it would have lived really nice. But as its own track, living on the record, yeah, I think I think we got to cut it. All right. Well, R.I.P. to Mickey. We're going to move on to Crime Story, produced by Irv Gotti and uh, Lil Rob. Who is this I see? Coming through, it's like three on the AM. I'm a rob this nigga. When I'm done, I'm a slayer. But being stupid, like coming through after one or two and having a gun that he couldn't get to. Yeah, that's what will do. Foolish niggas learn the hard way. And I teach him. Be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And I reach him. Like Jigga said, niggas test you when your gun goes warm. So I keep um, I kind of know where you're going to sit, Sean. I think. But go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, hey, go ahead, Sean. You can go first. All right. All right. Um... This is famously used by Ice-T yep. for High Rollers. So this was, you know, almost like an homage, you could say, to the Ice-T song. Um, I always fucked with it, actually. I really liked it. Um, I enjoy the storytelling. I like the, you know, the production on it is cool. Uh, you know, it's not doing anything totally new to High Rollers, but it's a cool sample. It's a cool little flip or replay. Um, my vote is to keep. I like Crime Story. I think we need at least one, you know, sort of, non-devil involving storytelling joint on there so that's that's why i vote to keep um i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the keep too i agree with a, a good storytelling on here it was a good story a little creative and the beat was mellow so it gave you a vibe with it too you know what i mean i would uh i would give it a keep man i'd definitely give it a keep yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm gonna keep it too. The I, I'll say this though, I love. I'm just, I was just happy on this record to get to a joint that was super sample driven, since I'm a sample head. So like, yeah. a lot of this record is not like a straight like loop or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And this, I, I've always loved this, 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 this sample itself. Uh, the Ice T joint. Years later, when Alchemist and Prodigy used it, you know what I'm saying? Like this, this has always been a vibe for me. Uh, so yeah, big, big keep for me. And it's just a little bit of a change of pace, a, a good change of pace on this record. Because you could, you could get to a place where a lot of it starts to sound kind of similar, and this, this is a little bit of a change of pace that I appreciate. Yeah, the sparseness of the production almost speaks to the fact that he's telling a story. Yeah. If he was telling a story and there was music playing, he'd be like, "Yo, turn the beat down for a second. Like, let me let me just tell you what happened." Yeah. And so that's kind of how I always uh, interpreted the vibe of this track. So we got a unanimous keep for Crime Story. We're moving on to track thirteen, produced by PK. Yet again, it is "Stop Being Greedy," the second single from the album. I can flip that flow. I can stick that hoe. I can get that dough. Where do you start? Where do you fucking start? Oh my gosh, the violin. Yo, yo, this is one of the illest beats. <laughs> this beat's crazy. And yo, so let oh me give DMX God. some songwriter credit here. Like, DMX is, was so dope at hearing a beat and knowing how to 
play with the different parts of the beat. You know what I'm saying? So he's got the way he raps over. Eh, eh, and then when it breaks, all nightmares. And then, like he's got a different. Yeah, he's got a whole different Yeah, cadence, right? man. He, he knew how to do that right. at a high level, man. Like that was definitely a thing that uh that DMX did very well. The beat is it's so like when you think about stop being greedy and stop being greedy, you know, brings this this certain energy. This right here, this yeah, it just feels so like you just instantly screw your face up and you like, yeah, and then yo, what a ill like you've been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Just keep it real. Because like for him, if you know DMX story and coming from the gutter and just being like starving. You know what I'm saying? Like watching everybody else, like get it. And he's like, yo, y'all been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Keep it real. Give to the needy. Like it's such a, I don't know. This song is perfect to me, man. It's a perfect record. Yeah, I'm going for a keep on that one, man. That's a strong track. The energy, as soon as they come in, it's them violins and then like that, what, what, that, what is that piano? Yeah. That's like the church all church piano organ. <laughs> like an organ, that yeah. That shit just sounds like the Mortal Kombat <laughs> Yo, board. for real. Um, it do sound like a Mortal Kombat board. Facts. That shit is nuts, bro. That's, and then he come in with the with the, with the the cadence and then the, it's catchy. Like, you know what I mean? You could dance to that. You Man, that's some goon music right there. You be in the kitchen washing dishes. You be That's like some, you know, that's an all-around track right there, the energy. Like, that's football music right there. They warming up to that oh, yeah. in, in a college somewhere right now. Uh, uh, yeah, it it's amazing. It's a keep. It's just great songwriting, too. It's phenomenal I mean, whether, songwriting. Wh- wh- whether they, whether they arranged the beat first or he was like, he was writing the rhymes and then they made the beat around it or the beat changed like that and he was like, yo, I'm going to change up like the character every time it switches. It's just very well executed, especially for something that could on paper sound like it would sound very gimmicky. It doesn't sound gimmicky at all. It, it's it, He pulls it off because it's convincing. He, and, and DMX had conviction. He, he was able, whether he was doing the girl song or whether he was doing something like this, he made you believe and he sold you on it. And yeah, this is great. And to your point, Midas, yeah, this really was him kicking in the door to the shiny suit status quo of New York. Get at me, dog, and stop being greedy. He was basically just telling everybody to sit the yeah, fuck down. Yeah. This is different, yeah. and I'm going to actually take over the fucking world yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And he did. This song. Yeah, Rough Riders definitely replaced Bad Boy. I agree with that. that. coming. They, not only did they replace Bad Boy, but they fucking poached from Bad yeah. Boy. They were yeah, like, the yo, locks. <laughs> All right, yeah. <laughs> Don't yeah, worry. Took, You're coming over here. Stars. Yeah. We're not calling you locks anymore. We're we're rebranding you, D-Block. Yeah. Yeah. I'd <laughs> yeah, um, be a greedy. One yeah. of my favorite DMX songs of all time. My second favorite song on this album. Is Have we already hit your first? Is, would that be get? Okay, oh, okay. A little prelude. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Hip hop in the 90s. It was incredible. It was groundbreaking. And let's be honest here, sometimes it was weird. Gold Rush is Stupid Fly Media's latest hip-hop podcast. Each week, your host, Sean Kantrowitz, that's me, will be uncovering a different topic from the golden era of hip-hop. Some of it will hold a special place in your heart. Some of it will be a subject you may have forgotten about. And some of it, well, some of it we're still looking back and wondering, how the hell did this happen? And we won't be going on this journey alone. Each episode features in-depth, brand new 
interviews with the artists, producers, eyewitnesses, and key behind-the-scenes players of the golden era, including Graham Poobah, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, DJ Evil D, Fatlip from the Far Side, Hank Shockley of the Bomb Squad, Young MC, David Faustino, Merce, and many more. We all have great memories about 90s hip-hop, but you've never heard a podcast that looks back at it like this. Gold Rush. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and follow at Stupid Fly Media and at Hip Hop Gold Rush for more updates and exclusive content. Uh, we're moving on to track 14. It is produced by Dame Grease. It is ATF. Boom, boom, boom. Open the door. ATF. Too late to send my girl downstairs to say he left with the basement. Go through the replacement door. Come up in my neighbor's yard with a taste for war. You know I laced the floor with the hollows. Crack the safe, grab the bottles. What you want me to do? Big Carlos. Two houses over by the tall black fence. I keep the hoopty park in situations like this. Oh man. The, the sound design on this joint is crazy. Like this like like for as much as everybody says that they want to make their album a movie, this is pretty damn close. Like you feel like you're in the real right now of what's happening. Yeah, he even, he uh, even sounds uh, like he's out of breath. <laughs> like, like he did that. The rap, the the vocal performance on this record. All right, so talking to and like Jamal, I know you know like as as guys who rap, you know what I mean. Like having a great vocal performance is not easy, to be honest. Hell, you know what I'm bro. saying? Like you trying to sell it? You trying to sell it? A hundred percent. Like you're trying to sell something. It's it's like having a uh, that's a perfect vocal vocal performance, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. he sold the concept and the idea exactly the way he was the way he was aiming to do it. Kick in the door, ATF. He's you know what I'm saying? Like he's yo that shit is insane, bro. Major keep for me. I don't know. I'm gonna be. I'm looking for what y'all about to say because if if y'all go go opposite, we we got we got beef. But this shit is crazy. Well, I'm gonna go with mm, this is a this is a fire story tell. The truthfully, the lyrics save this song by a mile. The, the, the as soon as the beat come in, them uh, back in the day, them three things, I probably would have skipped it if we'd have let that rock before it came in like that. I probably would have skipped the song. The beat is weird. But the lyrics, yeah, the beat is weird, but the lyrics save this song like. It's very cinematic and visualizing mentally. I keep it. It's a good. It's a good track. It got an up tempo to it too. Yeah. So I yeah, it. yeah. Um, it's it's very frantic. You feel like you're right in the thick of it. Uh, I it's a keep for me as well. The beat is like the beat is pretty bad. Like I don't think anybody's ever been like, oh man, I wish I had the ATF instrumental. Yeah. You know, to- <laughs> yo, yo, you yeah, got that? Like, oh, what's the link? <laughs> I would like maybe throw it on if I wanted to like if I was like psychologically torturing somebody and like leading them through a haunted house or something like yo you have five minutes to find the, the key to the safe and I'm gonna play ATF on loop you know um, it already but- got the who wants to be a millionaire drop <laughs> <laughs> it really does it's yeah it's it, it's it's now I actually want to hear the instrumental just to see what it really sounds like when you take away all the elements that are good from it. But yeah, having said all that, no deal. (laughs) DLMX. Um, All right, we're going to keep it moving. It's a unanimous keep. uh, And we are going to go to another Dame Grease produced song. 
It's For My Dogs featuring Big Stan, Loose, Casino, and Dragon. The beginning of this bloodline of mine That spark that's in the nigga's heart It caused me shine Before all the rhymes Lessons that I keep in my mind I owe you And I'd give my right hand to show you Whether it's fists or guns Whatever it go to It's me they go through If ever they want you Cut! Lice! <laughs> yeah, lose it This is the obligatory You gotta get your homeboys Like, yo <laughs> You know? Alright, guys I Yo Yo, you heard Jamal got a record deal? Yo, Jamal got a record deal, y'all. Hey, yo, man, let's just keep going to the studio. He gonna put us on something. You know what I'm saying? And then, <laughs> this is the joint. Y'all be happy to be in the studio that day. Yo, you wanna get on this joint? Yeah. Hell yeah! <laughs> I don't know how big Stan is. That was my first and last time hearing a big Stan. <laughs> I was gonna say, does this make me like, am I not a super DMX fan that some of these guys I never heard from again or I never like uh, knew about? You know, Drago and the homie, everybody knows right. Drago, but Big Stan and the other nigga, they homies, they still in the hood. That's <laughs> <laughs> me right here, nephew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, and you can tell, yeah, you can, you can tell too, because they got they got rap names like, like they might have got those rap names that day in the studio. <laughs> You you're always shooting dice. We'll call you casino, you know, because you because you always you know shooting the dice. Um, yeah, it's almost like it's almost like he was working on the album for months. All of the homies really wanted to get on. They were bugging him, and finally he broke down. And the last week he was like, "All right," he, he's like, "He's like anybody who shows up on Thursday, fine, you can be on the album, but like, stop fucking asking me about this." Oh man. Um, yeah, it's I, Def Jam. <laughs> I don't. To, to be honest, I don't even. I don't even know the DMX verse on this song because I've never heard this song to its entirety. Nah. Like I've, I've never. I've never completed this song. Hey, that, it might yeah, be fire. Hey, Def Jam was like, all right, so the album is done. DMX was like, nah, we gotta have my man's on the album. Like nah, <laughs> my man's been nah. We, we nah. I, I'm gonna get my uh, yo. My guy's gotta get on the album. They're like no. Nah, well, we think you have everything you need. He's, nah. Like he's like the album doesn't work if we don't have a verse from Loose, okay? Yeah, man. If Big Stan not on the album, it's not it's done. Not done. It's not done. Yeah, that song's gotta go. Uh, <laughs> shout shout out to everybody following a dream, though. You know, keep keep doing it. Uh, we're gonna move on to track number sixteen, produced once again by Dame Grease. This is, I mean, we, we've got like eight Dame Dame Grease joints in a row here. Yeah. Uh, I can feel it. What you asking for? You asked for more, shut the casket door. It's when hand, it is done. You thought you was a killer, you swore you'd never run. Nigga died with his gun, still up in the holster. It's coming in the air, yeah, it's getting closer. I mean, I'm surprised that this wasn't the song that the white kids at your high school were more into. Oh, this is this, like this the Phil Collins. This was probably right after it. Let, let's be clear. <laughs> this was probably the next. The next they, were queuing, they were queuing this up afterwards, but you'd already walked walk away play. by that I'm part. Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a cut for me. So, um, again, anything that you cut from this album, it, there's no, to me, major detriment to DMX or going against DMX as an artist because he, his artistry really shines on everything on this record and this song in, included but I'm not into this beat 
Um, I'm not into the vibe on this, and it's it's a cut for me. Bro, I had it on my list. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I like I like how he used the Phil Collins sample. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I do like that sample a lot. But you know, after hearing it now in the cipher and this with the homies, it's just like, yeah, I I, I was skipped this in the car. Like, like, <laughs> it would change the vibe in the car man. real quick and shit. Yeah, it definitely changed the vibe in the car. Yo, who got this song on? <laughs> I mean, it sounds incredible after the big stand verse that preceded it. You know, you're like, all right, time me up for whatever. Um, this is so it's a keep for you and it's a cut for Midas. Uh, or are, are you cutting it? No, I'm letting it go. I gotta let it go. Okay, I had it. that that confirmed it. Yeah, it's a cut for me, too. I'll say, for me, this is maybe my favorite of the mid-tempo, introspective, staring out the window for four minutes, like DMX, you know, <laughs> joints where it's just like kind of like yeah. he's he's bearing his soul a little bit to you, but it's still not, it's just not amongst the cream of the crop. That's, that's yeah, all that's I got to say. That's a new category for us. The, the, the introspective, staring out the window for four minutes song. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> it's raining, it's rain, but it's, it's not. Raining. It's not heavy rain, but it's just like it's like a a light rain, the and you're that's just fucked you, up. Staring out the window catches you at an angle <laughs> over the shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent. There might be a shadow being cast on your face a little bit. You don't see the entire face, but yeah, there's it's introspective. Um, yeah, shout out to uh, to I can feel it, but we are clearly not feeling it. So we're gonna move on. To track number 17, it's the prayer Our skit. dogs some good. Our dogs being brothers and sisters in the hood. Plenty of times you sent help my way, but I hid. And I remember once you held me close, but I slid. There was something that I just had to see. That you I kind of wanted to play the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see why it's horrorcore. <laughs> <laughs> you imagine going to somebody's house trick or treating, and they just got that plan. That was scared of shit. That's his prayer song. Scary as hell. DMX never had that. Like, yeah, prayer in the car. Like, nah, that shit sounds scary. Wouldn't have been a good pastor. Would have been a very scary pastor. Yo, I'm gonna keep it. How many songs are we at though? How many? Okay, songs okay, we at, okay. Hold on. That's about to say. If we at eight. It stays because we need a skit. Okay, we've got nine right oh. now. So only room for one. I'm feeling pretty conflicted about. Well, this. so so Jabal, we we, we typically we typically keep. Go with your feeling on it, not so much if you if you if you try to count the songs. Go with your feeling on it, because what we end up doing yeah. is if we go over, we go we do a lightning round to kind of go back and weed out something. Yeah, we got to take yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. But just to give well, you a uh, thought on that, I, I'll 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 pass on this one. I'll pass on it. I can go without it. To do you this, keeping it? I'm keeping. I'm well, keeping it. It it. Mm. This became a thing. This this set up DMX's career. I mean, he would do it at every show, do a prayer, you know what I'm saying, and cry on stage and the whole deal. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a thing. And there's a lot of, even though there's no music, there's a whole like vibe, energy, passion. To so like Sean's point, it was playing just now. And I'm like, you gonna let it? You gonna let it finish? Like, 
shit is. Uh, I almost felt disrespectful. It was like, yeah, it was definitely some shit, though. He definitely was talking on there. Yeah. I did not intend to keep Uh-oh. it when we first started, but even listening to this, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I, I am thinking about all the moments of him on stage performing this, reciting this, and crying. What we would yeah, call kind of, yeah. What, what what we would call passion back then, which we now probably recognize, was manic depression. Yeah. Um. But like, <laughs> it's, a, it's a real shit. Um. Uh. I'm gonna vote. I'm going to vote to keep it. I'm going to vote to keep it because it just feels like it does provide an interesting character. Whether or not it's going to make it if we do go over, um, that'll be seen. But, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it. It's going to be hard to figure out. What's the last song? There's two. But we got two more. We got two more to go. Oh, oh it's two more. Two more. Oh, yeah. Geez. Two more songs to go. So we're going to move on to number 18, produced by Dame Grease. It is The Convo. I just had to work hard at it. Grandma for the answer and she told me that God had it. So now here I am, confused and full of questions. Am I going to lose or is this just a lesson? And who is going to choose when it gets turned around? And will it be laying in my own blood and on the ground? My child, I watched you grow up and I've been there. Uh-huh. Even at those times you least suspected it, I was there. Yeah, his, his ad-libs are the best. God, God is talking to you, and you're like, all right. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah um, I, I I really like that song, B. That that on this album, that was one of the joints that I. And again, I'm a sucker for joints that are more obviously sample based. You know what I'm saying? So like those are those are always the shits that I lean towards the most from this from this album, and that was one of them. Again, X. X never fails with a vocal performance on this record. I, I, actually, I, revisiting this album earlier uh, this week and also listening to it even as you play it right now, it just reminded me of how dope this dude was as a vocalist, man. He's a really amazing vocalist. So this this song's another... He had mastery and control of his vocals. You know what I'm saying? Like, he knew where to have inflection, where to come down at, where to have an ad-lib. Like, it, all of... Vocally, he just... He he does... He has great performance <clears throat> on it. And this this song was one of those times that he was really able to do that kind of in space to me. So um for me it's a keep. Keep. So I was like, I hear you, I hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yo, that's right. fire. That's right, fire. That's the that's the vibe, yeah. man. That's right, fire. Like the the entry, I mean the um the beat itself is dope. And I like his I like his cadence on there, man. His 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 um his tone switch is so like like, like, what's the word I want to say? Like structure. Like he knows the perfect timing of how to come in with a certain tone on tracks. Like, like, and that's what makes the song. Like I said, his lyricism was like so, like crafty, man. That, that joint fire. I'm listening to like, dang, I forgot about that song. I was thinking about the. I, I was thinking about this other song. But I know it's the last song now, but that joint fire. Oh, that's the key for me. Yeah. I don't know. We definitely might have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to double yeah, back a little bit. Yeah, we're gonna have to double back. Man, I like that. It's kind of tucked away, like you know, to to have that so close to the end, but it's so powerful. Yeah. And also, I'd feel like weird about keeping a song where he talks to the devil and not keeping the song where he talks to God. Uh, I think they both are kind of like the bookends to this album in a way, <laughs> where he's like really doing that range, and it doesn't sound corny. It doesn't sound corny that he's doing the voice of himself and God. It it's 
this is a keep for me. I just love everything about yeah. it. Um, it. It's great. So we're going to move on to the final song on the album, produced by Dame Grease, featuring the locks and mace. The song is called... Niggas the start of something. Hey yo, let's get papers and pop mobile holes up in skyscrapers and condominiums overlooking our drug capers. New York City, the only way to play is gritty. I want cheddar so we can front up in the 850. My whole committee like the puff elves and look jiggy. Who want test this? My simi leave you chestless. And ain't shit that you can say to me when you be breathless. Young but I done did Yo, yo. Favorite, favorite, right, that's my favorite song that, That's your favorite song? That's my second favorite song on the this, album. Yo, like, so I I first heard this song on one of the mixtapes. I remember this was a this was a mixtape, darling. This joint, and because remember, like in that clue tape, doo wop tape, like kind of era of like ninety seven, and then going into ninety eight, the locks and DMX were like, I'm talking like, they was trying, they was on every tape that was coming out. You know what I'm saying? And this joint, bro, was so ill coming on those tapes. I just remember being like, what the fuck is this? Who are these guys? Who's, you know what I'm saying? Who's the who's the locks? Like, what, what who are these guys? Like, this shit is crazy. Um the craziest thing about this song to me is that first of all, every verse on this song is crazy, including Sheik, who is not my favorite rapper. Uh right. But every song on this shit is, I mean, every verse on this shit is crazy, but X probably got my least favorite verse on this joint. You know what I'm saying? Which is kind of crazy. Mace verse on this is stupid. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mace with too. crazy Jada kiss goes stupid on it. Like, Sheik sets it off properly. So, yeah, yo, yeah. this shit is wild, B. So, like, this is an ultimate keep for me. And I love, I love that it's the end of the album. Like, it's such an ill, like, last song on an album. Like, and... Sean, we've been doing this. A lot of times, the, they don't. St- a lot of these artists for these albums that we do, it, sometimes the, the the ending doesn't, the landing doesn't get stuck. You know, they don't stick the stick the landing when you when you get all the way through the record. And this right. sticks the landing. This is a great last song on a record. So for me, this is a major major key. Yeah, I. Uh, th- this was this. I, I sometimes felt thematically that it was weird that this was the last song because sometimes on the last song on an album, I don't want to hear a bunch of guests. I want it to be like the artist's final statement. And if he had ended the album with the convo with God, that would have been like really crazy to end it with. But this is almost like the Marvel film post-credit scene yeah, yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. the Avengers are all there. Um, this is a keep for me. Yeah, yeah, it's a keep. The beat's crazy. The performances are crazy. It just captures that moment in time. Um, and was honestly the endorsement that not that X really needed it at that time because he already had such a great buzz with what he was doing. But these are we talk about a couple times in this episode how this album came about and disrupted the bad boy empire. But he had the bad boy empire on his album yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. so it wasn't even like he if he was dismantling it he was kind of doing it from the inside or he'd already like well, remember we you also know, got them. 24 hours to live on the on the mace record i was just about yep. to say 24 hours to live and and then um you gotta think son rough um this album right here was the beginning of the rough rider takeover like you think about that he got mace on this album son yeah. like Right. I like people forget that Mace was on the first DMX album. He got D Block. And then when in the I We Trust come out, 
He got Jay Z on the yeah, album, yeah. who's the next biggest thing. Ja Rule's on the album, mm. like yo, like yo, they are, and then DJ Clue was even on that yeah, album, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why I'm like, yeah, that, that that song's a keep for me. Like that's my second favorite best song on the album. Yeah, that song's crazy. Well, we have reached the end of the album, but we have a problem, gentlemen. Uh-huh. We have more than ten songs. We're gonna have to sweep through, and we'll do a lightning round where we casually nominate what we would cut so let me tell you what we've kept so far we've got intro rough riders anthem look through my eyes get at me dog damien how's it going down crime story stop being greedy atf prayer the convo and done started something okay we have 12 songs so we got to cut two all right i'll nominate i'm gonna nominate I nominate ATF. Nominate one. Okay. No, nominate nominate one. I nominate yeah. ATF. You nominate ATF. What's your reasoning? Um, it's just not as good as everything else that we're gonna that we have to keep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, you can't. I, I'm looking through this, and I, I have another. I, I'll, I'll nominate only one. I have another one in my head, but for whatever else is left, it's it's probably the least of all. Hmm. Still good though. We gotta take away three. We gotta, two. We gotta two, two. Oh, two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. ATF could go. And um, yeah, because I like the convo better. I think that's a little better storytelling. I would let uh, I let the crime story go too. I let crime story go too. Ooh. I feel like the, I feel like convo is pretty good. Okay, so we're losing ATF. I can agree to that. So you're saying we lose crime story. I'm kind of stuck between crime. Well, first of all, I know you guys are going to say no, but I was already clear on this. Look through my eyes can get the fuck out of here in my eyes. But I, I know you guys, <laughs> I know you, you both made your case for why it's a special song to you. And while you, you're wrong, I'll, I'll let you have it. <laughs> between that and crime story for me, look through well, my there's eyes. Well, like, yeah. there's also the prayer, which the prayer, the prayer doesn't have is a also beat. Some, I mean, mm. But it's still a it's still an essential it piece is, of DMX's it catalog. It is. it is, and it's the first one. Yeah, it is. It is right. You know, I got I got I got to give it its credit. It is. Yeah. Okay. So, crime story. I think I think I could lose crime story. Midas, where what do you? What's your pick for your second loss? If we for the other one, we got to cut. All right. I'll co-sign crime story. Only on the understanding that it is an extreme kind of change of pace by being so chill on an otherwise not chill album. <laughs> uh, and for that, I'll, I'll co-sign it. But I I probably would have, if it's between Crowd Story and Look Through My Eyes, I might have, I might have, I might have went over to Look Through My Eyes too. But I can be okay with Crowd Story. I mean, if you're if you're feeling more strong about it, look through my eyes, you already know how I feel I, about I don't that. Want, I, I, I already looked through your eyes as I thought about it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go with Crown Story. Let's cut Crown. No, we have to we have to honor our guest um, as well. He he made a very uh, passionate uh, pledge to look through my eyes. So I don't want to I don't want to slay one of your babies. You know, like, hey, we, man, it, you know it's cool. I just feel like that that right there is like that was like a. That was like a start of a sound right there, man. That, That's fair. That production itself. That's fair. Yeah. 
All right, so we've cut it down to 10. So our final Making Illmatic edition of It's Dark and Hell is Hot is intro, Rough Riders anthem, Look Through My Eyes, Get At Me Dog, Damien, How's It Going Down, Stop Being Greedy, Prayer, The Convo, and Done Started Something. That's a pretty, that's a pretty that's a top tough, tier 10. That's a tough fellas. record. Yeah, that's a tough straight playthrough yeah, right straight there. Yeah, straight playthrough. That's a straight playthrough. Uh, so... The question that we have to ask ourselves now is that we evaluated it with the mics beforehand. Now that we've trimmed it to 10, what is the mic rating? Jamal, you go first. I'm I'm giving it a four and a half out of five. I'm yeah. giving it a four and a half out of five. And the only, only reason that's not getting a four or five is because of the uh, Rough Riders anthem. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't match the rest of the tempo of the album. It's a it's a classic song, but Audio wise, play through it. It is like the uh, you can go through the drive through and just let this play music. Like, you know, what I mean, you ain't trying to really listen to it. Like, this is past through. But look through my eyes, you might turn that up in the car. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think it was, uh, was one of the albums. I think he had that song playing in the skit. Like, they were right. in the car listening to that song. So, you know what I mean? That song is that, yeah, four and a half mics. Yeah. I'll give it four and a half as well. This is, it is really fucking strong when you cut it down to the best parts of the album. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if Rough Riders Anthem is necessarily the reason why I think it doesn't achieve full perfection. Um, but maybe it is, on the other hand. It's weird. It sticks out like a sore thumb, but it stuck out in a way that obviously worked to his benefit because it became one of his biggest songs, if not his biggest. So yeah, I think we improved this album for sure. It's a 4.5. Midas. I I'm gonna I'm gonna co-sign both of you guys. I think we I think we did improve it. I think it does move to a 4.5 for me too. Um you know what to 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 ask an additional question to myself, like what would make it a a full five? Because he does every, he does a lot on this record. I mean, he does he's got storytelling, he's got introspection, he's got straight bars, he's got a posse cut, like it's kind of all there. I, I I almost don't know what else. It, honestly, what else would have what would have put it over the top for me would have been another joint or one of the joints just having like an all time classic beat. Because one thing about this album is that there's some really good beats on this album, but there really isn't like a lot of like all time classic beats. To Jamal's point or to Sean's point, I forget who said it there's not a lot of beats on this album that you're going and you'll pull up that DMX beat so we can rap. You know what I'm saying? Like that's kind of yeah, not yeah, on here. Sir. And I think like, for instance, if there was a, <laughs> and I'm just pulling a rabbit out of a hat, but if there was a, 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 a New York state of mind or a mass appeal or a, you know, like if there was like an all time classic beat on this record, I think this, this 10 songs becomes uh, a five. Yeah. I get that. I get that. There's there's classic songs on here, but the songs are not classic because of the yeah. beats. It's because of what it's, X it's did in spite on the of the beats beat sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the beats set the tone, like you said. I get it. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the lyrics definitely play a part. Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, we want to hear what everybody who listens to this thinks. So make sure that you scream at us about what your top ten picks are uh, on social media. We've got links to all of our handles in the show notes. Uh, Jamal. We're at the start of uh, 2024. What can fans and listeners look for from you uh, in the next coming year? 
Um, you're going to expect a lot of content, man, more merch, more music. Um, my, my website about to have more merchandise and inventory, more um, restocks at jamalgasaw.com. And uh, like I said, man, I just got a lot coming this year, man. I'm loaded. Go. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was fun, man. We got to do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Appreciate y'all having me tonight. Of course. Thank you, brother. All right. We'll be back next time. Peace. Thanks again to Jamal Gasol for joining us on the show. Check out links to all of his things in the episode show notes. Hit the Patreon link in the show notes as well. Big shout out to the Patreon, the Stony Island Audio Network, Midas the Beast and Czarism for making the show's theme, and thank you for listening. I'm getting pretty close to announcing some live events soon, so be on the lookout for that, and I will see you next week on the Questions Hip Hop Podcast.